Oh, man. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Rally Podcast. I'm Mike White here with Logan Cornelius and Sean Boyer. Um, this I'm going to call it a mini app. Uh, I don't think we're going to be chatting as long as sometimes we usually do, but we wanted to hop on and talk about Chiswick Showalter. Not that we haven't talked about them enough in the past million years, um, but the news is that they announced their retirement. They will not be returning together to compete in SRA events going forward. Um, of course, some kind of saw this coming as we didn't see them at all last year. Of course, they could have played less uh, due to COVID, um, but we didn't really see much action from them. But anyway, we're going to take this time to kind of uh, reflect and uh, see what comes up and just chat a little bit about uh, these two guys that uh, won a lot of stuff. And we argued on the last podcast that uh, they had a, an incredible legacy. So I'm going to start off and I'm going to first kind of say, um, like, I guess I'll, I kind of want to give the context that like Chiswick Showalter, as we know it, as now is this crazy thing, but back in the day, it was such an, uh, it was a really interesting thing. It, going back, it's easy to think like, oh yeah, these guys, these two were so strong, but really I remember obviously in, in 2015 when they had a, uh, a big win 2016, they came in second, even to Ian and Dylan, but going into 2017, there was still like, not that stuff about me, about them. I don't have a, a question, I guess, but do you guys remember kind of like looking back kind of the, the vibe around Chiswick Show Walter slash moist before their uh, big tournament days? Well, I mean, we can go even before that when they were on, they weren't playing together. So we had the rookies and PJ bounce around uh, monkey business for a little bit mm-hmm. and they were good players in their own right. And I think a lot of people saw a ton of potential because um, they were young, mm-hmm. but once they teamed up is when sort of everyone was like, Oh, this is going to be, it's going to be a scary combo. Yeah. And um at the time, right, Tyler, this was, they teamed up mid-2016. At the time, Tyler, although they weren't really known before that, right, the rookies got fourth at Nationals and were a pretty big force there. Peter John was very new on the scene. I remember on my way to uh, Lancaster 2015, where he was playing with his brother, Seth, there was just chatter about him. I think he's really only played with like a couple people. And the notion was that he hit on two all the time. And that you can really not defend his hits. Um, and but but again at that tournament it was interesting because that was true watching them, but they also lost to Knightley Flip, Ian and Jenna. So it was so like they come in hyping this kid up like they're the best, and then I don't think they made they made they lost in the semis, right? Um, and they didn't, you know, have to play Origin Elite, who is like the the you know, one of the top tops of the time, or even the rookies. Um, so even, even like when they had a lot of hype before they played together, it was still like lower levels of, of hype. Do you know what I mean? Definitely were untested. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I was thinking, I mean, it's, I felt like before every, like the, I remember before the first season they played, where I was like, okay, are they going to be good? Like, yeah, they, they won that game against Chico, but, like, now a full season together, they're going to be good. 
And I, I kind of like looking back, I feel like there was still that same sentiment before every preseason, even after they won, where it's like, okay, like, are they going to do that? Are they going to be able to perform the way they did? Um, and they always did. Um, and like, especially before the first season they played, like Sean was saying, like they're both solid players who had success, but neither had had like the ultimate success. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was cool of them coming together and just like really meshing. Yeah. It's so looking back at where they are now, it's obvious to say that like, obviously Chizik Showalter, it makes sense that they beat Chico in 2015. But I think that's revisionist goggles. The truth is it was a bit of a fluke, right? They were good players. It was a good day, a little bit of a, I don't want to say fluke is the bad word, but like they weren't the better team, right? They weren't the better team. Yeah. And I'm sure Chico was a little bit like, okay, like not that Chico didn't have to try, but you know, Sean, like you guys were pretty dominant. So like, I'm sure, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure there was a little bit of laxness and maybe you don't want to say anything because like that takes away from their win, but it, you know, Chico always had that battle where they were so dominant. Like, it's like, okay, are they actually trying? And maybe they were playing full out, but that, that's, that echo was always there in that game. So I know what I you're mean, saying. It's an interesting point because like any, like any matchup, who you're going to play affects through your attitude towards that game or your, your, the pressure that's going to be put on you. And so, of course, we're playing two guys that were playing together for the first time who are not unknown, but they haven't had massive success. So we're like, oh, like, we're the champs. We're going to walk in here and we're going to mop the floor with them. And of course that didn't happen. I do now wonder what the, the sort of the history of Chizik Schulter would have been if we had beat them that day, we can speculate. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other point I want to bring up along these lines is like in 2016, when we lost to um, two guys, I do remember thinking like, I, we were expecting to play strange who would be played before in the previous nationals, right? These guys are really good. And when two guys won, it was definitely like, oh, like I almost, it was the wrong thing to think, but I was like, oh, we got this in the bag. Like, this is us, like another national championship. Yeah. And they came in and they worked us. So you really got to be careful with how you, how you think about the teams you're playing and what you expect from them. Yeah. And I think um, putting the, the time between them playing together and this first event, right. It was June, 2015, where they won summer spike. They played another tournament in the fall later that year, cream of the crop, and they won that. And so that was pretty big because shrimp and grits just won Southeast regionals, you know, Nashburg just won East regionals. So those are two big wins. And I believe um, Ian and Dylan uh, were playing together there. So they earned a, a win that day. And so that was like, okay, they are solid. Like maybe they'll play together. And then they didn't, they played together again, the next March and actually lost the tournament to Ian and Dylan. And then I think that was the last time we saw them until the year after. Um, so if you wonder, anchored boisterous and uh, Ian and Dylan Phantom Express are the three teams that beat them in a, in bracket. Um, but it was interesting because like they, they kind of dabbled and you're like, okay, maybe they'll play together. And then it didn't happen until 2015, 17. And even going into that, right? Rookies and Safi um, both lost in the quarters at nationals. So going in, it is kind of this idea of like, oh, two guys coming in, but they didn't come in, obviously, because they didn't have results, but like at number one. Um, And it was still kind of like, with Strange being so good and two guys just winning nationals, 
it wasn't like, okay, here come these guys that are going to be the number one team. It's like, okay, we got another, we got a top three that are really solid. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they just combine really well. I think, I mean, thinking back, it's just like the chemistry to, to just put together with a string like they did uh, is, is really impressive. And there was, like you were saying, proof they were going to be good. But it wasn't like before they came on, it's like, okay, yeah, this, this, they're going to win the next three national championships and two of them, it's going to be pretty easy. Um, it was, it was very much like a, yeah, we have a competitor. I, I remember there was a lot of hype around the first event, I think, which was San Francisco that they went to. And there was a lot of, and it was double limb. So it's like, let's really see how these guys are. And they won. So it was like, okay, all right, they're they're legit. And then of course it didn't stop after after that. But they did have some competition. Did you say, Mike, that they were what were they ranked in the power rankings coming into the season? And then what were they, they ranked were, after that tournament? So I think they were three behind two guys in strange and then became one after their tournament win. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, they they jumped up. I mean, they made a name for themselves pretty quick that year. Yeah, they won all of the events. Um, so let, let's we, go. Th- what you go? I was gonna say, did we have we had a? Did you look up the power rankings? I was gonna pull up the the power rankings from twenty seventeen. You can look it up. That's right. my remembrance. I it could be wrong. You're right. I'll read. I'll read the uh, the text, which I'm sure you wrote, Mike. Uh, Chizik Showalter, number three. A popular early pick to take home the pitchers at Nationals. Chizik and Showalter are two of the winningest players around it. Once they get their chemistry down, few teams will stand a chance against this powerhouse. Mm-hmm. So I guess wise, we did Wise now. words, Mike. Mike saw it coming, man. Yep. Easy favorite. Um, I mean, and, and then, and then and, but like looking through it, like that's 2017 and 2018 – like 2019 was a different story. They won nationals and, but it was a little harder 2017 and 2018. They were like actually unbelievable. Their only loss was to anchored, which we all remember. And that was one of my favorite days in round of history. It was so fun. But after that, they went to the Chicago grand slam. And I think they won the finals, like 21, seven, one of the games, like <laughs> 2017 and 2018, 2018, they didn't lose a tournament and the nationals finals. Wasn't even bad. Like, two straight years they were like absolutely untouchable which is like ridiculous yeah that is wild yeah like 2018 was the most casual of a year where that they didn't lose a tournament (laughs) like i don't it's so funny so i can just get into like our kind of next topic was like having this one dominant team but it's kind of ridiculous looking back. Like the whole storyline of the whole season is either who's number two or it's will someone beat them? And the thing is, is Anchor did. And Anchor was like number five at the time. So like they didn't even get dethroned. Neither <laughs> Chico nor CS besides CS started three. Once they got to one, they didn't drop, which was like absurd. What? Yeah. And it was like every, everyone would always like pull strings and be like, okay, hey, like what it'll take to drop them to two. And it's like, even if they lose a tournament to the number two team, you still can't drop them to two. Like there's no. just not enough evidence. So, like, but 
I think the only case, so it was funny again, right? Um, early season 2019, they lose to uh, anchored in the quarters in Seattle and boisterous wins a tournament. And it's like, okay, good, good win for boisterous, but like, you can't drop them because anchored beat them. And then yeah. again, it's like, okay, um, well, then they beat boisterous, I think. But then the next was they lose to boisterous in Nashville, but then boisterous loses the tournament. So it's like, <laughs> okay, all right. You, if you won the tournament, you probably would have been number one, but we're not putting you there. And it was so. I mean, that's that would have been it. If the, if uh, if they, if Boisterous beat Marktega at Nashville, they probably would have been been number one. But I don't know. For me, the the hypest thing was was um, going into nationals because going into nationals <laughs> every single year, right? 20, 2014. All right, Chico's probably gonna win. Twenty fifteen, Chico's probably gonna win. Sixteen, Chico's probably gonna win. 17 CS is going to win 18 CS is going to win 19 is like, okay, they're one in one versus boisterous. Let's see how this goes. Um, and for me, I mean, that obviously made for one of the best nationals finals we ever had. And I still to this day kind of can't believe CS won. I remember in the moment that was a big doubter. I'm like, is this actually happening? But I don't know, Sean, you were commentating, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was great. I mean, with the atmosphere, everyone around too, it was super hype. We had some good rallies throughout. So it was, it was a big one. I remember not knowing who I was rooting for because like selfishly not wanting CS to like overcome the national championships, but then also like rooting for them just as people. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a great matchup. It sounded like a lot of fun. Didn't get to watch any of it live, but it you're too busy fun. in the finals. <laughs> yeah, too busy in the, the important bracket. <laughs> Um, I remember at the time thinking like, this is huge. Either bo if boisterous wins one, it's cool. Caleb is, is so young getting that, but also Preston now has two championships. So ties Sean and Skyler and Tyler and PJ. So we have five people with two championships, but that actually would have been kind of crazy, but, and it's so hard. I think you always struggle. Like, it's like, I don't know if I'm rooting for boisterous or just an upset is exciting. If you know what I mean? Like it always comes in i think i was rooting for tyler and pj because i think getting that three-peat was just so sweet and and uh i, I want to never mention this again every time but chico not getting it has made <laughs> me forever want to like i want to give it to them and i'm like so if cs didn't get it i would have been like this is just tragic <laughs> all over again yeah it would have been cursed uh, well ogres already got theirs though so uh we'll count that um Speaking of dominance, I mean, I feel like there's just this, our sport has had such dominant teams across all divisions for, since its inception. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's a function of round net or just something that kind of happened? Is it a coincidence? I think that like intuition would say it's a coincidence, but it's hard to argue when CS followed Chico and Ogres on the women's side is equally, if not more dominant. It's like, that's a pattern, but what can we point to? And then, I mean, one thing that is interesting is like, if you look at after, I guess, since it's more CS focused, talking Ogres a little off topic, but like after Ogres won their like final championship and they split up for the 2019 season, like that was kind of an exciting season because it really was up in the air. Like all the teams are beating each other and they're like, 
it's making me think like is having a dominant team doesn't make things more exciting because like it's kind of like you have that standard that everyone's trying to bring down but when that's not there is is it less exciting and I think personally I like I found myself at the Super Bowl this year rooting for Tom Brady because like seeing something dominant is like so impressive and like for him to win seven Super Bowls like that's amazing and then like with college football like if a and not going to win, like I find myself sometimes cheering for Bama just because it's like what they're doing is so impressive. And it's like, yeah, does it make more, does it make sport more exciting to have a dominant team than to not? I, so the things that came to mind for me is that like, truthfully, I think from like a sport perspective, it does help to have some sort of image Right, like right, like Michael Phelps is the this the, the swimming, right? You think of Olympic swimming, you think of Michael Phelps, and that's a very specific example. But like it helps to have a certain team that it's like, oh yeah, these are the these are the guys, right? And you can have like some fluctuation, and obviously you could have multiple top teams, but it's really cool to have like these are the guys from a um uh from or these are the girls with ogres coming in if you care anything about women's roundout you just you just know ogres um from a content perspective i think it's in it's in forever content of who will beat these teams and it does add a layer of excitement i think the issue is if that doesn't happen often right if cs and chico were number one but every three tournaments they lose so they're averaging two out of three right i think that's a little or, or arguably that could be worse but I think that's a little different than winning every single one. Cause even if someone beats them, it's like, all right, that was cool onto the next one. I think it kind of does, it does hurt. Uh, but it's, but it's hard. I think it's also fun to root for, but I'm sure it's really, really frustrating for players as well. <laughs> and I feel like there's something fun. And, and this is something we haven't really seen because even though Chico lost their last final championship they still kind of went out on top and like now cs is going out on top i think part of what makes sport fun is like seeing the fall of that dominance seeing something so dominant and then like seeing that transition which like this season will be a lot of fun because it will be somewhat of a transition but we haven't really had that kind of transition where like a team has been dominant and they try to maintain that dominance yeah over are being overcome actively we've just seen that transition in a passive sense where the top team is finishing on top. Yeah. I think that makes it, it's, it's really, I also hate, I, I love and hate these arguments that it's like, would a team now beat 2016, two guys at nationals? The answer is yes. Um, <laughs> but, but that stuff makes me think, right. Like obviously, right. If Chizik Schulter plays in a tournament this year and lose, it can be there. They aren't practicing. They are taking it serious, but there would be something really cool, right? Like they play the season and they take it serious and they are worse, right? That shows how good these other people are getting, yeah. which I think you're yeah. getting at it. It, it puts in perspective how skilled the players are to know how good they are compared to these teams that dominated in the past and still have their skills. Yeah. 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 I, I, I mean, I, I know we, you had it down, but like part of it is just like, will 
will there be dominance rise from the ashes or will we be in this like wild west era where teams will teams will compete and there won't be a dominant team or will will dominant team rise or i i know like preston has obviously been in the conversation for a long time is he going to rise into that dominant position um well the x factor here too is the no hit zone now yeah yeah and that i i really think that that opens the door for some new faces to like work their way in mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I, I think, you know, obviously Sean and Skyler, not that you guys were like ahead of the game, but you were just so good early on and that definitely helped you. Right. You kept having to improve, but you guys like we're, we're back before there were tournaments, you know, you guys were just better and you just maintained that skill over time and kept improving faster than other people were cs was part part of that was you know they improved so much before 2017 and kept doing so but a big part also was they were two really good players that got together and you know boisterous challenged them this year because it was Presson who's who was has been incredible for years now joined with caleb who caleb obviously um improved a lot in 2019 but like they formed together because they're like, I think we can do this thing. And so part of the will there be a dominant team does stem from are we the NBA? Are these super teams going to form? Are they going to try to? Um, I, I think that's totally okay for them to want to. Um, but that kind of would lead to it. I think the other, you know, if we have two players that are clearly at the top and work really hard, I think we could totally have another another team like this. But- I will say on like the super team point is obviously the NBA, you have five players. So five superstars or even like three, which is generally what we see, like that compounds a lot more on a five person team where like two, the most you can have is two superstars. So the odds are you're probably only going to have one more superstar than other teams or at most two more. So I think it is harder to, to like build that quote unquote super team and to be dominant for so long um, because like, yes, super teams could get together, but with this sport, I don't really see it as super teams. It's more just like teams getting together. Like you want to find the best partner possible that you can mess with. I think that key then just becomes like, just because two players are good, doesn't mean that they'll play well together always. Um, And so, and especially now I think with no hit zone, like Sean was saying, I think that, I think chemistry will be something that's even more important because things matter a lot more placement matters. It's not just like you can have a good set, but then you have to give a good set for that kind of player and hitting. And so um, we'll see how chemistry works out, but just because you have two good players, doesn't mean they'll, they'll have a three P you got to have chemistry with those two good players. So it's harder to form a a super team with, with a two person team. Mm -hmm. I think even building off of that too, I think what's going to get harder and harder as the sport grows and people get better is just maintaining consistency. And like, we probably were saying the same thing before CS went on their run. And so it's insanely impressive that they were to win as much as they did. But I just don't know how teams are going to consistently win tournament after tournament after tournament, just with the field getting better and better and all these like new strategies coming out. So that'll be a big part that, that will come down to what Logan's talking about chemistry. 
And I do think one of the big factors in teams, players being able to win compared to like, if you have two good players, the thing that'll separate them is mindset and experience. So if you've won a tournament before, if you've been in those finals, if you're good under pressure, that's what I think separates good players from great players. Bro, a hundred percent. And like, part of that comes from like personal experience. Cause I've never, I've never won a tournament. And I just like, obviously I'm not Chico, but like, I know when y'all play, like, I know your mindset just from being at the top, like you have that going forward. And like, obviously CS has had that. And so it's like getting the taste of that top automatically puts you on the other side of things. Um, and like, you just feel that when playing teams who have been at the top. Totally. And it's like, and it's cocky in some ways, but that cockiness feeds into you. And you're just like, you're like, I know I can win this game. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of what you need in those pressure moments to get a serve on or to make that set or to just D up on a good shot. So, yeah. So I, that's why I do think it is hard for new teams and new players to sort of surge up into podiums and overtake some of these players that have been around for a while. But um, if, and when it happens, we could see a change into the guard. And it, it's part of like, it's part of like one where mashups come into play. Like, I mean, Ryder is someone who like he's a newer player, but he's seen the top. And granted, it was like a smaller season, and not as many people were playing. But like Preston to, took him to the top to a few times, and he's won several tournaments now. And um, like Coleman, someone else who's seen that, like these players who've kind of tasted top and been on the other side were brought there by another player, but now have been there and can come from that place. And so it'll be interesting to see. And I think I think a hot take I'm going to throw out here is like I don't I don't think we'll see another three P within the next 20 years of this sport. I'm going to throw that out there. If this um, podcast that... is still going in 20 years, <laughs> Dude, Mike, That's a hot podcast, take right there. it might be our kids or, you know, they just hire new young people. <laughs> no one wants to listen to the old guys talk anymore, but back hey, in my day, <laughs> bookmark this. I can you clip on, uh, on the, the podcast? Um, so they call it a Twitch, right? Clipping clip that. Um, Clip that, put it in a Google Drive, remind you <laughs> yeah. 20 years. Yeah, email, email this to me, not to arrive until, uh, what, March 40 or 2041? But yeah, next Ugh. 20, no three-peats in the next 20 years. Uh, I'll talk to you in 20 years, Logan. <laughs> okay, thanks. And you let me know if I'm right or not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, okay, I, cool. Yeah, I think an interesting point is, um, you know, obviously – right two guys played two seasons together then Preston had one year as Wabi Sabi and then you know a year as boisterous and they're playing again this year as boisterous but a big part of the the three-peat talk is do you continue playing I think the answer is if you win a nationals you'll likely keep playing together um so that could be a case for but I think like people do change their partners up up a lot and I think that'll actually make it harder because say a team say boisterous wins this year right next year they're not just facing the teams from 21 they're facing new new teams that are formed that are forming with the idea of challenging them yeah and so i think every year especially as round night grows it will be harder and harder so i I like your take logan you know especially because it's the field right it's anyone anyone right it's not like it's not like the pats now they went th- now that they won three in a row, but it's like there's a yeah, select I mean, group, right? They didn't you know? they didn't win three in a row. I mean, like when's the last even like the Warriors, like they're t- they were far and above better than everyone else. And 
granted, they should have won three in a row and injury kept them from doing it. But like winning three in a row is not easy at the highest level. And I think winning three in a row is easier at the beginning of a sport because it gets more competitive moving on. And like two, I think in the next 20 years, there will be more green on smaller levels. I think there will be kind of like branding deals and like there'll be sponsorship opportunities for teams to stay together. And that will be a little bit of a, of a melding point for teams to kind of play multiple seasons together because they get some sponsorship money out of it and stuff like that. Um, So I think that'll allow teams to stay together, which one, I don't know if that hurts or helps the three Pete because that's just more teams with chemistry. Like would, would CS have one, three in a row of, I guess we'll say Preston had the same partner for three years. Like would that chemistry have developed and they melded or would it have been like CS just knew them so well, it wouldn't have mattered. So. Right. Well, I do think too, having the sport be dominated by two teams over the last six, seven years has led to more mashups because it's people constantly trying to like crack the code and find the person that they can take down the top team with. But if you, if the tournament wins are getting spread across many different teams, then that's a little reassurance for them to stick together and feel good about what they're doing as compared to break up. So I just think the culture of the community right now is, has been chasing the top, which just has led to more mashups. So once that mellows out a little bit, we might see some more consistency in people playing and sticking together because they'll have more like frequent success. Success being first places. It really is a a challenge because I think, as you improve, you know, you want, you want to improve and you want to try new things. Um, but I think, I think at a certain point too, as Logan saying there's sponsorships, but as well as teams like playing more and more, and as people get even more experienced, it'll be less common because I think something happens a lot where two people will play together and then one will improve faster than the other. And they'll just truthfully want to want a better partner because they think they can play at a higher level I, I think that may be the case less and less as we grow, as we get closer to not the peak, but like as it gets more granular, as you improve, your improvements get smaller. So, you know, two players, instead of in a season, they start off six out of 10 and they end, one ends at a eight out of 10 and one's at a seven. But at that point, you know, getting up to an 8.5 is, is challenging. So, the longer they stick together, they'll probably both hit their kind of, um, I don't want to say stride, but hit something together where it's like, all right, let's keep playing together, work on our chemistry. And it's less about, all right, I'm better than you now. I'm going to go find a new partner. For sure. I think good place to end would have the wisdom of Mike White, who predicted CS's dominance years ago <laughs> to now predict who will be the, the team to take charge in the years to come. Who's your money on at least? And it can uh, be, it can be two players not even playing together. Maybe you will speak <laughs> into existence, this dominant team. They'll listen to this podcast and they'll be like, Mike is right. We should play together. You have, you have power here, Mike. Uh, I wish I was say Sean and Logan and maybe we'll play together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Um, truthfully, my answer is, uh, I, I think, I think Preston's going to still stay at the top. He's been in that two spot for like four years in a row. And I think maybe CS isn't it, but I think 
may find some sort of uh, sort of X factor to take him to the next level. And One I want to just I will throw- ask though around that. Do you think Preston? Do you think the no hit sun suits Preston? Ah, uh, yes. Okay. I do. I, I think he has a, a more well-rounded game than a lot of players, especially ambidextrous and things like that. So I think it'll it'll help him excel over other people. So and I yeah go. I was gonna say so you are you are you saying this is the start of the Preston era? Like it's finally begun. There's been glimpses, but it's finally beginning. Um, maybe I don't know. I just think he's not gonna keep getting. Uh, I I think he'll 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 win some more and stop getting those those dang second and thirds. Um. Well, we'll see. I don't know. It's really hard. I think the no hit zone will definitely help him. And but I also wanted to throw. I guess I'm just looking at boisterous right now because I think Caleb Heck, like his growth has been just astronomical, and I just I think it's going to keep going. I think this is discrediting a lot of people, but I'm also taking the safe the safe bet. Um, so I'm taking the safe bet. So if if we wanted to see a three-peat champion in the next six years. So I'll give you six years. You think, and obviously six years is a long time because there could be players that come up, but you're saying right now your money would be Preston and Caleb. That's the team to do it. That's the three-peat right there. If you had to. I know it's a hard question, Mike, and you're discrediting I mean, a lot of people. Yeah, right now if I had to, okay. I, th- I think I would. Okay. I think I would. I think Preston's consistently just stayed at the top, and I think Caleb – especially his growth from 2018 to 19 was like ridiculous. I don't, I, I don't think that's a bad take since you're choosing the team that got second when the team that got first is retired. Yeah. It's so. the safest take it's, in the book, but that's how I feel. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, ask me again, ask me again in like September, maybe I have a different answer. Um, okay, but I also I think like, um, I'm just also going off of Caleb's freakish growth in that year, not height and skill. Um, I think, I think, although I mentioned Preston first, I think I'm now feeling a little more like, like Caleb, Caleb will be some sort of, some sort of force going forward. So are you saying it's the Caleb era? (laughs) That's a good question. I just, I, I just want to name this era. Like what era are we going into? You know, there's a Chico era, there's a CS era. I want you, I'm asking you to prognosticate the era. It's the Hilltop era. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I truthfully, as I said before, I'm stoked on Hilltop, but I kind of I need to I need to see him play this year. You I haven't seen first. them. Yeah. The Hilltop Actually, heard era is second. upon us. I want to say the Hilltop era. That's what I want to say. Okay, <laughs> just say it. But I think that's just me being high on Hilltop because I've known him for so long. <laughs> it's true. They do they do post on social media a lot, and that makes for a good roundup. <laughs> it so. does. Green, they really are does. also they are also actually good too. So that also helps. It's so like because because so their growth has been slower, but I then I think Caleb's. Be, I mean, but I think AC, that's because ACL they took it a little more that. serious. What? I said an ACL tear will do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. But no. But I want to say like I first met them at regionals 2015. We beat them like 15-2 in pool play. 2015. And then 2016, I think we are still better than them. But like early 2017, they were so much better than me. And it was just <laughs> like, we went from beating them 15-2 to I think like barely beating them the next year. And then they were better than me like quick. And it's just like, okay, yeah, these guys are good. And now they're <laughs> insanely 
they're insanely good. Yeah. But like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Yeah. That they can go from a 15 to two loss to like a barely like top, like a top 20 team to two years later, like, or three years later being like a number three team in the country. But that's round it. And now, and now it's the Hilltop era. So yeah, <laughs> that trajectory. It's really the Dan McPartland era whenever he wants to play. <laughs> uh, That's really it. Only few will get that reference because he's a he's a he's been out in hiding for a while. <laughs> All, right. All right, are we gonna end there with my very vague answer to your question and also an extremely safe era? I yeah, I grilled you wanting a specific answer, and all I got was vagueness. Jury, I mean, it's just the jury's still out, Logan. The tur- the season I, hasn't even started. Hey, right, we're we're talking heads. Talking heads are supposed to just throw stuff out there and say it as it's fact. You know, haven't you ever watched ESPN? I think I um on uh, Dylan Fogarty's Instagram, he was talking about who are the top three teams right now, and uh, Travis Core commented like. This it's whole new rules. Season hasn't started. This is like nonsense. And I DM Dylan. I'm like, yes, that's all we that's, talk is nonsense. Yeah, that's, that's the, the point. point. That's what, what, that's what sports talk is. Like, yeah. it's, if you're not talking nonsense, you're just like reading off stats, which is fun, but it all has their place. Like that's that's what makes sports fun is talking about what's going to happen, what it's going to be. So yeah. And I kind of hate that sometimes because, as you can see, I hate to I hate to speculate on things that I don't know. But that's the whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's. I'm. I'm trying to get better. Like you know, throwing out those takes and saying stuff. Like not necessarily. Like I don't want to upset people. But like sometimes you say stuff and like it makes people fire. Like you know, like I'm gonna have to eat my words if Utah scores in the top eight this year because of my hot take. But you know, like <laughs> it, it's fun and you add it and like I'm already prepared to get posterized all over the Utah Roundnet Instagram page if it happens. So, but you know, it's it, it's fun and people like to listen to it. At least I hope. They can just thank you for the extra motivation, Logan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Logan, with that inf- that with that um, inspiration, I will end saying it is the Caleb era. All right, there we go. That's all there I wanted, Mike. <laughs> all right. This was a nice, uh, nice mini ep. It was supposed did. to be a mini ep. We've definitely been talking for like forty minutes. Yeah, it's a, it's a heck of an era. Am I right? I, is that, can we quote that? We're not saying that. I, well, <laughs> I'll say it. I'll get the catch on. Tell your friends, everyone buys buys it's a heck of an era yeah uh, it's a heck of an era we're all living by the buys laws <laughs> all right we got yeah, we're gonna end that here. here yeah we're gonna end that here um cool uh thank you for listening hope you enjoyed um yeah that's all i gotta say smash oh smash, smash that, smash smash that, that like, like button. button smash that like button please um subscribe subscribe to the subscribe to our youtube channel to our podcast um it doesn't really help us out because we'll keep doing this regardless um but it'd be pretty cool (laughs) and if you have things that you want us to talk about especially nonsensical things uh let us know in the comments but besides that thanks for listening we'll see you next time see ya peace